We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Nosotros crecemos cuando damos. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Welcome to ROG, Return on Generosity. I'm your host, Shannon Cassidy. This podcast celebrates generosity at work, not financial giving. Giving valuable time, mutual respect, alternative perspectives, and genuine collaboration. Our special guest today is Jessica Keough, founder and president of Faith Above My Ability. Jess and I know each other through my husband, Mike. They are work colleagues at the Westchester Area School District in Pennsylvania, where she is a special education teacher. Jess teaches students who have difficulty regulating their emotion. Being born with a yet-to-be-diagnosed type of muscular dystrophy, Jessica has dedicated her life to educating, advocating, and empowering people with disabilities and those without, so they can live their lives in a more powerful way. Jessica has done this through the way she lives, teaches, and advocates for meaningful policy change for people with disabilities. She's currently pursuing her doctorate in educational policy, leadership, and administration. Jessica's research surrounds critical disabilities studies and representation in curriculum. And once she earns her EDD, she will write policies and curriculum that help all children. She is an incredible person with amazing talents, including that she texts with her right elbow. Welcome to ROG, Jess. Thank you so much, Shannon. I'm so blessed to be here and spend this time with you. Likewise. Yes, I can't wait to learn from you and with you. Let's start off with a little bit of your story. Tell us about you, Jessica. All right. So I'm Jessica and I am 32 years old. I was born with a physical disability. And despite going to some of the best doctors across like the East Coast, they have not figured out what my disability is. It's not for lack of trying. They've done a lot of genetic testing, um, but just nothing has shown up. So it just really shows how intricate our DNA and RNA is, which is really cool. So that's part about me. And then, you know, because of that and my disability, I, you know, that's really the lens that I see the world through and how I navigate the world. And I created Faith Above My Ability because of my disability. And it took me, I'm 32, it took me a very long time, like until I was like 27 or 28, to figure out my purpose. And I'm not claiming I have it all figured out because Lord knows I don't. You know, I kind of always questioned why I have a disability, like what's the purpose? and. Um, back in 2017, I went on a missions trip and it just became very, very clear to me that my purpose is to educate people about disabilities and advocate for changes. And that's why I have one. That's incredible. Thank God for that, Jessica, because that's how any change happens, I believe, right? It's somebody who has a conviction and clarity of purpose and ambition and intelligence, right? You have a lot of gifts that you're bringing to bear here. And then you can implement the change. And the work that you're doing on your doctorate is yet another example of that commitment. So tell me a little bit more about your interests. What are some things that you find just fun to do? Well, I really find learning fun. I guess that's why I'm going for my doctorate. Um, But I also enjoy spending time with my dog. And she's actually right next to me, spending time outside. I'm currently 
on the Chesapeake Bay, looking out the window and it's just gorgeous. So I love just nature and being outside and of course, like hanging out with friends and going out to eat now that things are starting to um, open up a little bit. Yeah. And I'm always, I'm always up for trying something new and adventurous and figuring out a way to do it because nothing that I do is probably, you know, super typical or how I do it isn't super typical. No, like texting with my elbow. Right. You invest a lot of your time and talent in educating people about people with disabilities. What are some of the key things that you think is important for people to understand? Well, I think it's important first and foremost to know that disability is normal and it's a normal part of life. It can happen to anyone at any time. You know, we're really just like everyone else. We just have you know, we just have to figure out how to do things differently. Um, we're capable and worthy of, you know, all the same things that able-bodied people do and are worthy of. We are great problem solvers because we live in a world that's not completely accessible. So we're constantly on the go trying to figure out how different things are going to work for us. And I just think, you know, sometimes people have the stigma disability is, you know, taboo and we can't talk about it. So I want people to talk about it because it is normal. And, you know, whether you were born disabled or become disabled later in life from an accident or due to aging, like it, it happens to, it can happen to anyone. And if we talk about it, we can create that like understanding that we're really just like everyone else. We just have to do things differently. Absolutely. That's so important. Thank you for teaching us that and reminding us of that. And, you know, with your condition, your, your muscular dystrophy type, what are some of the ways that you have adapted to living life? What are some of the things that you do to be as adventurous as you are? Um, that's really hard because people ask me that, and you know, it's just stuff that I've kind of done just because I needed to get it done. I just like, I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is I needed to figure out how to type on the computer. So when I was probably, I don't know, third grade or whatever, I just picked up a marker and just started typing, like using that as my finger. But I think really the biggest thing that I've learned and it's been humbling is I can't do everything on my own and being okay with asking for help is really important. And I know that's hard for anyone to ask for help. Like no one wants to admit that we need help. And I think I have just been really humbled because the reality is I can't, you know, even put my shoes on without help sometimes. So asking for help has been very humbling and just something that I do, you know, I'll ask anyone, you know, whether it's I need a door opened or you know, my hair put up in a ponytail, I just, I ask. And then I use it as like, you know, a relationship building kind of thing. What kind of reaction have you gotten from people? Do you find that most people are really eager and willing to help? And what kind of reactions have you gotten in general? I mean, I would say most of the time people are really just like, oh, sure, I'll help you out. And they don't think twice about it. You know, there are definitely some times where I've gotten like a quick pause or like a weird look like why is she asking me to take the ponytail holder out of her hair 
And then I think they realize like, oh, she needs help doing it. So I think most of the time, like people are just really fine with offering to help and, you know, I'll take all the help I can get. <laughs> For sure. I think you're right. The, the term humbling is, is a good word. And it's also a reminder that all of us struggle with asking for help. And you have overcome that in some cases when you really need it. And I'm sure that it's, uh, it is, you know, like you say, it's a great relationship builder, a way for you to connect with people. So in light of educating and helping all of us to understand a little bit more about the realities and the sensitivities, what are some things that you could teach us about language and empathy and compassion for those with disability? So I think, you know, the first thing is what I said before, just remembering, you know, we're also humans and we have the same basic needs and wants as everyone else. So like keeping that in the forefront of your mind is really important. Like we're not you know, we're not different in that way, but I think it's important too, because I'm out and about all the time. And sometimes I just get strange or weird comments and, you know, things like, oh, well, what's wrong with you? And it's completely fine to be curious. We're curious humans and, you know, that's just our nature, but watching how you word things is really important. And I'm an adult, so I have tough skin. Like I've heard it all, but I don't want my students to be confronted with weird questions like, well, what's wrong with you? Or what happened to you? Because the reality is nothing happened to us. Like we were made just a way that we're meant to be made. And it just happens to look different than, you know, the person asking the question. The other thing I want people to know is giving people with disabilities the choice to be included and we can choose if we want to be included and that can look like hey how can i get you into into this bar it's you know we're going out with friends tonight we want you to come it has it has a step you know and just having that conversation or you know giving people the choice if they if they need help or not i think a lot of people are very kind and eager to help. But sometimes like, you know, I want to do it on my own because I ask for help all the time. So if I'm doing something and it looks like I'm having a hard time, it probably just looks like I'm having a hard time because I'm just doing it differently. Um, so not being like, of course, I'll take the help, but just asking, I guess, before automatically like, oh, let me do this for you. Because the reality is for 32 years, I've done it, you know, myself. And I don't need someone to kind of like come in with a cape and like, oh, I can do this better than you. Let me do it for you. Does that make sense? So much sense. And that's really helpful. And so that, you know, way to be inclusive and to be thoughtful and proactive, not just we're going out to a bar tonight. Do you want to come? But really thinking about the entry and the environment that that is and how difficult of a thing that could be and that willingness to help. And then you could de decline or accept the invitation. And then that thoughtfulness about letting you do things for yourself, but asking if you need help. And I remember recently seeing a, an individual at a bar, he was in a wheelchair and he was drinking a Heineken and he was almost done. And I, I, I honestly was, I, I didn't know how to 
handle it. So I wanted to communicate with him, but I didn't want him to think that I was looking at him just because he was in a wheelchair. So when I went to the bar to get a drink, I ordered a Heineken and I handed it to him and he said, thank you. And I got to meet him. I shook his hand and then I just walked away because I wanted him to feel like everybody else. Right. So what's the right thing to do? You're saying don't go out of your way to be overly helpful because they've been living their life fine without you. But also you're human. You have human needs. You want to be included. You want to belong. And so just striking up a conversation just like you would with anybody else, right? Yeah. Just, you know, the example you just gave, like, hey, I like Heineken too. And, you know, have a quick conversation about it, right? You're not like you were just trying to make that connection and that relationship, like that initial like, hey, you're cool. I would love to chat with you for a second. And no, it's not because you happen to use a wheelchair. It's just, I like your vibe kind of thing. And, you know, just making that connection. And that's really like, I neglected to say this earlier. When people say things to me, like, what's wrong with you? Or let me help you and kind of like become a little like overbearing, maybe. I think it really comes from a place of, they just want to make that connection, right? As humans, we all seek connection. And so I don't ever think it's from, you know, whether it's worded a way that I would word it or not, the question or comment, I really think it's just from a place of like seeking that connection because that's all ultimately what we all want. And um, so that's how I've been learning to look at things. When we come back, Jessica will share a mantra she lives by. Hello, I'm Marianne Newell, Assistant Director of College Support at St. Joseph University's Kinney Center for Autism Education and Support. Located in Philadelphia, the Kinney Center has a twofold mission to educate and train the autism professionals of tomorrow while supporting and serving individuals and families affected by autism today. I'm part of the Aspire College Support Team, helping St. Joseph's University students with autism achieve collegiate success through social and executive functioning support. Learn more about our services by visiting sju.edu slash k-i-n-n-e-y. And we're back with Jessica Keough, founder and president of Faith Above My Ability and special education teacher at the Westchester Area School District. I mean, I fully believe it's, you know, one of the quotes or like mantras that I live by is we are all a mosaic of gifts. And this like, so when I'm working with my students and they're like, oh man, I'm dumb or, oh yeah, I have this because I'm stupid. No, no, no. You, you were made just the way that you are meant to be made. And that's what I say, because, you know, I, I can go into how God creates us differently, but I have to navigate that very, very carefully in a classroom. So I just say, you are made the way that you are supposed to be made and you are perfect. We all have different abilities and different strengths and yours happens to be this, but you need help with, you know, learning to do math or something, you know, or learning to regulate, you know, your emotions when you're angry. So just really, I try and do that from like a strength perspective. And the reality is every single person has some kind of difference, you know, or weakness. And mine just happens to be I use a wheelchair 
and my students, you know, it might be, they just have trouble managing their anxiety and, you know, everyone has that. So when you realize that, like that's, you know, we all have something to offer and that's, that's how I frame it to, to my kids and really to anyone, anyone else around me, because it's true. We all have something unique and perfect to offer at this point in our lives. Yes. So true and worthy of opportunities, right? Worthy of being included, worthy of job opportunities, relationship opportunities. So thinking about generosity at work, what are some ways in which you have witnessed, experienced, or participated in generosity at work? One of the things that I thought of recently was I I was an hour late for work because somebody parked in the lines and I couldn't get off the sidewalk, couldn't, you know, get my wheelchair ramped down. Um, and I just, you know, called my principal and I said, I'm going to be a little late. I'm waiting for, you know, this person to move their car. So I just think I work in a very understanding community where they're like, oh, of course, like there's nothing Jess can do about this situation other than what she's currently doing. And I just think that's, you know, I think that's very generous and kind and empathetic and I appreciate it. And then even, you know, I have the best coworkers. I mean, they think about like things sometimes that I don't even think about. Like I was out for lunch the other day with coworkers and I was trying to figure out what I was going to eat because I'm not the most graceful eater. And my coworker just like looked at me when I ordered that food and I was like, oh yeah, I need to ask them to cut it off in the back. You know, so just like providing those little reminders without being like, oh, Jess, how are you going to do that? Um, you know, and I just think even with my students, like my students are so, so generous. They, they love to help, you know, and I think that's great because it makes them feel good too. And they're like, oh, well, I can do that. Can I, can I be your hands today, Miss Keo? And I'm like, oh, sure. Like you get to control, you know, the remote, you get to control out or you get to pass out the papers, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I just think it's cool. Yeah, that is so cool. I love those examples. All of them, you know, that grace and understanding when you're doing everything you can, but someone unknowingly parked incorrectly and took over the space that you needed or a coworker who's observing how to support you in the most respectful way. And then, you know, the students getting involved. I'm sure that's something that they probably all fight over is who gets to, you know, do the activities and maybe it's a reward for good behavior. And you are a really generous person. Faith Above My Abilities is a generous nonprofit organization that you started. And I know that you don't give to get, but what would you say are some of the payoffs or the the benefits associated to being so generous? Well, I think really like for me with, you know, like I shared at the beginning of this for, you know, 27, 28 years, I really wrestled with why in the world do I have this disability? And um, when I was able to figure out like my 
divine purpose and start faith above my ability, I think, you know, the most rewarding part is having people reach out to me or like, hey, Jess, can I run this by you? Because I'm also going to be a teacher. And they said this because I'm in a wheelchair and I can't, you know, I can't do this or I can't do that. So I think really the most rewarding part is just, I have some of the best friends that I've never even met in person. And it's through like faith above my ability and other, you know, organizations that I'm involved in. And, you know, other people who just like reach out to me and say like, hey, your story that you wrote on your blog or that you shared here is really impactful. And it encouraged me to write my own story. I had that happen a couple months ago and it was just a story I wrote. And this person wrote me a long, beautiful email and I like was in tears. So I just think like knowing after like struggling and or wrestling or both for 27, 28 years, like seeing that I'm able to help other people and be like that sounding board or connecting people to resources or even just like encouraging them with my story. So for those who are listening, who are employers or perhaps have an open position in their corporation who have not yet hired people with disabilities, what are some words of encouragement that you could offer? Because I know that one of the ways in which we would see generosity at work is inclusion of everyone. So those who see the disability as a strength and an opportunity, what myths could you dispel or what kind of encouragement could you offer? Yeah. So for employers, I think just realizing that people with disabilities have unique strengths. And like I said, we really are some of the best problem solvers and very dedicated workers. Um, So working really hard is just something that we're used to because we've had to do it our entire lives. And that carries over into the workplace. You know, it's not, I think some people have this misconception that people with disabilities are lazy and don't want to work. And that's, you know, that's not true. Like we want to contribute to society. We want to, to work and we are very hardworking. And I think like for employers, just know that we have been hardworking our entire lives, whether it's, you know, professionally or personally or whatever, socially. Um, So I think that's helpful. And then just seeing it from like the strength perspective. I mean, I remember my first teaching job, I, you know, Prior to that, I went on many, many interviews and I wasn't sure how to bring up the whole disability part. I mean, it was very obvious. I would reach my hand out to do that whole, you know, shaking hand and whatever, or the handshake. And it it didn't look like everyone else's. So I think when I finally, so like for people with disabilities, this is my encouragement and advice is be confident and, you know, Some people cope with it by like joking or being humorous. Other people are more, you know, serious and just bring it up in conversation. Um, But you have to address that quote unquote, like elephant in the room. And when you frame it in a way that's going to benefit the company or the organization, that's when like you're going to see better better results. So I know for me, like a really big passion is 
I teach students who have disabilities, whether they're physical disabilities or not, it is so important. And when I meet with anyone, legislators, friends, coworkers, like I say that my students need to see people who look like them in the workplace. And when you have that, like, you, you know, you can do it. So like my younger self, I had no idea what I was going to do because I never saw anyone who looked remotely like me doing anything I wanted to do. And I just want to be that person for someone else. That says it all. Take that in everybody. That says it all. And so those who are living with a disability, take that encouragement that, you know, even if you can't see it, you can still be it. And for those who are hiring positions to recognize these strengths and to bring it up. If, if the candidate is not in a position to be comfortable bringing it up either in a humorous way or in a matter of fact way, you know, have that courage of addressing the issue or, you know, what could we do to support you in this organization or however you could do it in a way that's fair and not uncomfortable, right? Yeah, that, that's just, that says it all. So where can people get more information, Jess? Where would you direct people who are curious to learn more about you and about supporting people with disabilities? Well, I will, of course, direct people to the nonprofit that I founded, Faith Above My Ability. And we have our website, faithabovemyability.org. And we have a bunch of events that we're always hosting, community groups for people with disabilities, parents of children who have disabilities, men with disabilities, because I know that's something, you know, that's needed and having that community and sounding board. Um, so faithabovemyability.org and we have our Instagram, which is also faithabovemyability. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter, not super active on Twitter, um, but definitely Instagram, Facebook, our website um, are places to go. And we, we love educating. I mean, that's, that's what we do. And each person on the board has, you know, a very personal connection to disability. Excellent. Thank you for investing your time. Thank you for sharing part of your story, for encouraging us, for supporting us, and really for being you, for being the bright light that you are in the world, Jess. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you, Shannon. I'm so glad we had this time together. Our OG takeaway tip, how to apply what we've learned to our own work and lives. Jessica taught us about how to be compassionate toward others and ourselves. Let's start with empathy and compassion for others. Perhaps until today, you may have said to someone with good intentions, something like, what's wrong with you or what happened to you? You realize now, after hearing it from Jessica's voice, how hurtful that can be. Until today, you may have thought it was addressing something obvious, expressing curiosity, or even an on-ramp to a conversation with someone. And what we heard from Jessica is that's not how it feels. It makes a person with a disability feel less than, not normal, or different in a bad way. As Maya Angelou said, when you know better, do better. 
When you have the chance to connect with someone with a visible or invisible disability, what else could you say? What other on-ramps can you think of to connect with that person? And as Jess said, they are people with the exact same needs as any human. What would you want someone to say to you if you were in their shoes or in their chair? Shred the stigma and taboo of disability. It exists and it's okay to talk about it, but be mindful of how you talk about it and use kind communication as your guide. Compassion toward ourselves is another point Jessica made. Asking for help is a strength. When you need help, how willing are you to ask for it? In ROG episode 22 with Wayne Baker, titled Givers Need Askers, Turn the Wheel of Reciprocity and Ask, we learned that most of us are really bad at asking for help. If we don't, we rob others of the opportunity to be a giver. So this week, think about how you could be more generous by asking for help when you need it. And then lastly, recognize your natural talent. What are your strengths and gifts? What comes naturally to you? Perhaps it's a strength that you've just overlooked and you think, doesn't everyone act like that or think like that? How can you use that talent or strength even more intentionally this week? What's one small tweak you could make? One step forward in leveraging and offering that strength more readily. Take some quiet time to think about it. And remember, we are all a mosaic of gifts. You are made the way you're supposed to be made. Until next week, stay generous, everyone. Thanks for listening to ROG, Return on Generosity podcast. Please help us grow by subscribing and reviewing us on your favorite podcast player. And for more information, visit bridgebetween.com. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give.